Hi, I'm Bob Witte with KPND in Sandpoint, Idaho. If I can be a fan of Skylight Books, LA's world-famous independent bookstore, from way up here in the Idaho Panhandle, then you can too from wherever you are. Visit the website, buy some books. You can even join their membership club and reap the benefits of supporting independent booksellers. Thanks. softer side meet me on the softer side softer side of your heart hi there and welcome to the skylight books author reading series you can find out about this and all of our other author events at www.skylightbooks.com where you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online you can also follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at Facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. And don't forget, Skylight Books depends on listeners like you to help support us. So whether you're in our neighborhood or browsing online, buy a book or two to help ensure that we'll be around for a long, long time. Thanks and enjoy. So it's my great pleasure tonight to introduce Sammy Harkham, renowned comics artist and editor of the highly influential anthology series Kramer's Ergot, and also known to us here in Los Angeles as a partner in the Family Bookstore and the Movie Theater Cine Family. His new book, Everything Together, collects his short story comics and is a must read, and he's come here tonight to share it with us in conversation with Dan Adele from his publisher, Picture Box. We're very happy to have them both here. Please help me give them a warm welcome. Thanks so much. Guys. Welcome, Sammy. <laughs> um, so the occasion of the night is to talk about Everything Together, which is uh, your long in the works collected stories. And I wanted to start, um, before we start going through some things, uh, by asking you just sort of about the process of putting it together. I know, I mean, I know from experience that uh, it was a painstaking process and you reorganized stories and I just wondered sort of how you made the decisions to include certain things and leave things out because it's definitely not everything. It's, a, it's very selected. Right. Um, hmm. I stumped you. I see to think. I see to use my brain. It's the end of the day. Um, I think. Sorry, everybody. I'm just. Um, it was one of those things where I knew what I wanted the book to feel like. So then it's a matter of like what fits within that, what sort of um, builds on that idea. And I really wanted the book to feel um, kind of casual. I wanted it to feel sort of like a, almost like a comics annual or something, like a, or like a magazine or a zine or something like that. And then, you know, I, the truth is I didn't really read, reread the stories. I just sort of like, you know, you kind of have a sense of like the work that right. that feels right for this and the stuff that you're kind of like, ah, I can let this go. You know, and I'm not, I, and I just tried to organize it in a way. I think I spent the most amount of time on the first eight pages, you know, of just trying to get this constant clash going from like the designing the front page a certain way and then wanting it to open a certain way, and so that there's just it's not consistent and there's no clear like um, um, type type 
hype that's being used throughout and just sort of keeping it really loose and sort of going from loud to quiet and going from super colorful to to monochromatic so it just feels one that it's a collection that you're getting this weird hodgepodge of stuff but also that the energy of it is um casual you know i feel like that's the only way i could really approach it you know what i mean then trying to make it something that it wasn't you know i mean one of the things we've talked about a lot is uh that when you start to think about a book whether it's kramer's ergot or, or your own work you think about the object first and what you want it to sort yeah. of feel like and then build it for sure reverse engineer it almost yeah totally i, I get excited about formats you know right. like a, <clears throat> once i think the i only got excited by the idea of a collection once i just realized like oh it could almost be like a small issue of kramer's right you know but just by one person we all work by one person and like mm -hmm. something i stumbled on at least with like Kramer's four and five was this certain like casual sort of just throwing it out there and then leaving it to the reader to sort of make sense of it all you know yeah um and so with this it was like oh you know you do like a really sort of bright cover you do like a really high gloss dust jacket over a soft cover you the book cover itself is grayscale so you do all these things to sort of give it this like i just started thinking about those things first right. and then everything sort of works around that right let's talk about uh the interior a little bit oh there you are mm. um because i mean we, we've talked about this before but um thing that sort of comes back around a lot and i sort of felt it on my way over here uh getting completely lost on the way here uh driving through la um but there's a feeling in a lot of your stories and particularly in, in the current work blood of the virgin um of the sort of joy and uh and like elegaic states sort of just a sort of uh trance-like feeling sometimes that people go into and and the kind of uh good and bad aspects of that and, and that kind of comes out in this movie you, you had me watch this summer the swimmer mm -hmm. uh, with burt lancaster and um so i wonder if you talk a little bit about the swimmer because i know you had some more thoughts on it and um also just about that feeling because because in a lot of the stories there's this sort of very still but uh intense kind of feeling of 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 place and a kind of uh someone taking in a place as a way to kind of uh, absorb emotions or ideas yeah well with the swimmer what i love about it and when i guess what i relate to as a writer or whatever it's like it has this it's one of those things where it has a very clear narrative through line and it just it, it it's completely unpretentious and it's like okay we're going to tell you this story at the outset he the character sort of says oh i'm going to swim I, he's standing on so in someone's backyard and he realizes he can swim he can get to his house by just going through people's backyards and go and go swimming in each one of these pools and when you when you meet him he's in his bathing suit and uh standing at someone's pool and he's like i'm just going to swim home and so the whole movie is his journey home just swimming in other people's pools and built into like a man in in his bathing suit built into like this sort of uh there's this feeling of like east coast blue blood sort of world which is kind of unique in its own sort of way as far as like a, a milieu and a setting and uh it might like everything every element of the movie becomes um 
there's all this subtext built into every single element, but it never l- lets go of like its straight plot. Like it's right. it's never not just a straightforward film, you know. Um, and that movie's great because it has a lot of. It's very subtle, but it has like a lot of mystery and it has a lot of oddness to it, yeah. you know. And it all kind of comes together at the end, but it kind of also doesn't, you right. know. Right. So yeah, um, it's a good movie if you if you haven't seen it. Beautiful movie. I mean, that, that the movie is also it seems close to your heart also because it, it feels very much like one of your stories, <laughs> um, <laughs> in in a way in the straightforwardness, but also the intense atmosphere around it. I mean, a lot of what you're doing in, in comics is sort of showing and and creating atmosphere without actually telling the reader. Yeah, what I mean, it is. it's like I mean, like I mean, I like. Chris Ware's work a lot, but I don't relate to that idea of like I want to go into a character's head. Right. I really like the idea of watching characters from a distance, you know, some sort of space. You know, I don't use much like thought balloons and stuff right. unless it's for like a joke. Um, and I like that. I like being able to sort of you sort of put it together. You sort of get these pieces and you sort of layer it all up. Right. You know, and you sort of make sense of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, the, the book itself, everything together, tracks uh, your progress in a way as a cartoonist because it has some of your earliest mm-hmm. work, like early, earliest long form work, like mm-hmm. Poor Sailor, um, and then your sort of first really accomplished piece with Somersaulting, and then other things like Lubavitch, which is uh, kind of an autobiography if you were in the 19th century uh-huh. in the shtetl. Um, and I mean, how did I mean? I know you don't really cringe that much at the old work, which is good. Uh, but I wondered sort of how you think of yourself as having grown over the course of those stories. And I think there's this element of like, you know, what kind of work you want to make, and then it takes a couple of years to catch up to that. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I look at a lot of the older stuff, I, I feel like oh, I, I kind of see what I was trying to do, but I don't know if I hit it. Um, and uh yeah i mean something like somersaulting is really trying to get at that idea of like not being able to know anybody so that like there's a lot of that like you sort of set a scene and you sort of set a world and you hope people when they read it they sort of will infer about the characters based on where they live and how they live Mm -hmm. you know and uh let them sort of just play or let them sort of exist and you sort of pick up the pieces and put it together you know um as far as how that's developed i mean i still like there to be i feel like it's just a matter of getting better at all those things right you know what i mean so the craft the craft of it so that like Mm -hmm. if you're gonna put a character in a living room and there's instances in Somersaulting where I feel like I really hit it. It's like where there's, like you get a feel of the room where you can almost like smell it, you right. know? And that's a really, to me, that's like the most difficult thing, you know, to do with black and white comics or two color comics. You know, I think that seems like why so many people go to color. Right. Is that you can keep your cartooning really simple, but your color scheme can sort of infer, oh, it's it's the 70s, the carpet's shag. It's, right. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, a, it's a moody nightclub. It's a lot harder to do in two color, I think. But, I mean, that's still, like, the overall goal, to so just sort of define all that stuff as much as you can right. and still keep it, like, easy-to-read comics, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, clarity seems really important to your that's work. Like the, that's like the uh, number one thing. It's huh. like reading. Anytime I thumbnail something, anytime I'm doing something, it's like, how can I just make this... How can you just follow it as easy as possible? You know, like that's the... And the big revelation for me that I had with, this, with this, the story that ends the Everything Together collection called The New Yorker Story. Oh, yeah. That was like a big revelation because I was sort of struggling with this idea of like, okay, if you want to have complex emotions, then you got to have sort of complex... You can't just like if you want to show someone sad, you can't right. draw a picture of uh, um, somebody making a sad face. Like that's not good enough. But then what you realize that like writers like Newt Hampson or Wilford, right? It's like their language is completely unpretentious, right? Completely readable, and it's it's the combination of these very simple ideas how they build on one another and how they build right? right and then it goes back to like that Chris Ware thing of like um comics as like notes like each panel being like mm -hmm. sheet music it's like any individual like note isn't complex on itself in itself right it's the placement of it right you know so for me that was like to I sort of I mean you read something you can get advice all the time about how to do something but once you sort of stumble upon it yourself it all really makes sense, yeah. you know? So for me, that's been like a huge revelation, I think, for, the, for everything else, you know? Yeah. Of just mm. clarity, simple. You can have like a character making a sad face and it doesn't necessarily make it like a, what's the word? It's uh, you want it, you want the work to be simple but not simplistic. Right. You know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, yeah, that, a lot of that part of it, that making it simple, has to do with how you create a sense of place. Because, I mean, one of the things that distinguishes your work is this very straightforward kind of sense of interior and exterior. Mm -hmm. Very, very specific, particularly when you're, when you're drawing L.A., um, which seems totally related to me to, like, how a film director might view LA and sort of building pictures and then letting the actors kind of play across them. Well, I've noticed that. the one thing, like the way LA has totally affected the way I draw is that compositionally, my tendency is to, to make everything dense in the bottom third and to sort of open it up. Yeah, like most uh, times, like when uh, I'm like not... Like this one. Well, yeah, like if you look at that panel or like anytime I do like a, a, a single illustration or cover or something right. my tendency is to to sort of jam up one section and then leave it open and i mm -hmm. think that's because los angeles most of it is like one or two story buildings and then all this space and there's no clouds there is today but normally right. there's no clouds right so it's just like you know there's and you're always in your car so there's just all this you're staring at all this like you know massive information yeah you know but then there's all this space you know yeah which I think is definitely an LA thing huh and translating that into the panel structure sure that's interesting um, and speaking of LA and you're running these are these are pages that haven't been published I know I thought I'd show some unpublished preview stuff. preview <laughs> get out your camera phones yeah um how I mean, how's how is writing and drawing your own your own stories sort of related to then editing an anthology like Kramer's? I mean, I know you kind of need it 
back and forth to sort of inform one another, but how, how exactly do they inform one another and, and not distract you or, you know, how does it boost everything? Probably what I start noticing with Kramer stuff is that uh, the more I do it, the more I want just people to do kind of better versions of what I want to do. You know what I mean? So living, it's like living vicariously. Yeah, like call Johnny and be like, "You should kind of do this," or like try to guide something this way. Right. You know, and then you realize like by constantly talking to cartoonists and sort of talking about like what you want. Yeah. You know, you start seeing like, oh, those are all. You're sort of solidifying in your own mind what you want to do with your own stuff. Right. You know, I'm always like harping on like, I want like I want a story that delivers, that is totally entertains, that is straightforward, you know, and like, but also has like good characters and it has a certain, mm -hmm. you know, personality, you know. But just trying to balance all those things, so that's probably how. And I, I do find, I mean, doing Kramer's is just, I think, it just I find it inspiring, like working with all these people. Right. You know, it's like, it makes me feel like, oh, I think so. I think this is, I'm not sure, but I think there's an element of like, um, of uh, shared, shared camaraderie maybe, or there's a sense of like, there are these people making work and I want to sort of engage with that a little bit. I think there's a little bit of that, you know, of like, I'm going to pull all these elements together and make something great. You know, like right. I can sort of create my own little universe. But it doesn't. Does it ever intrude on on making your own work? Like the well, in yeah. terms of sort of almost too much influence or too much input. No, because I'm not smart enough to like take from other people properly. Right. You know, every time I read uh, Roy Crane, the older cartoonist who drew wash tubs, every time I look at it, I'm like, I should just copy this because this is exactly what I want my work to look like. Right. And I never do it, you know. But um, I think the only thing, the downside to work on cameras that just takes up so much of my brain space that unless I have a comic already on my table that I'm working on, I can't get started on something. Right. right. Because I'm just totally wrapped up in getting the rest of the book to be good. Right. You know, and that's why there won't be another Kramer's until this book that we're the page of this thing is finished. That book is finished. And so maybe uh, to finish up before questions, um, maybe you could talk a little bit about Blood of the Virgin. So this new story I'm working on, the first part of it was published in the last issue of Crickets, and it takes place in 1971 in Los Angeles, and it's about. I mean, ostensibly, it's about like exploitation movie making, and it's also about the city, and it's also about this couple, you know. But it's also, I think, and uh, the first third of it's been done. There's probably gonna be two more parts in the next two issues of Crickets, and um, it's basically the the through line of it is that you're watching this film get made, right. but through the making of that film, you sort of track these relationships sort of building and relationships falling apart and learning about Los Angeles like Los Angeles sort of guides a lot of it you'll see as it goes on and um, it's definitely about like men and sexuality and fatherhood and relationships and it's a big one it's Light. one of well no it's one of the well hopefully it has jokes i mean i try to put jokes into all of it but it's uh it's one of those story ideas where like oh i'm gonna do this one pager 
and then you're like, oh, it actually needs three pages, and you're like, oh, this is going to be an issue, and then you realize sometimes you come up with an idea, and it's almost like a magnet, like one simple idea can sort of glom on every little concern and interest that you have, right. you know? So and like you found a sturdy enough vehicle for that. Yeah, like I don't think it's reverent to that time of movie making or it's like a celebration of cinema necessarily. But to me, it's about like uh, it's a, it's about collaboration and it's about just working and mm-hmm. it's about expectations and you know desire and failure and all those things. Right. You know. And if you're gonna set it in L.A., it makes sense for it to be a cinema thing because you know people's whole connection. If you're not from Los Angeles, so much of what you know of it is from seeing it in, on TV and stuff. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so I'm working on that. That'll hopefully be done in the next year and a half or so. Yeah. yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. Any questions? No. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Great. <laughs> no. <laughs> no questions from the peanut gallery. None. Great. They just want their books, and they want to go home and watch the rest of the... The debate. The debate. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our other great podcasts at www.skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Fragile Gang. You can check them out at MySpace, Facebook, and the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.